1: You you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
2: Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone
3: calls. Hang up the phone, prank caller, prank call.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers, so let's see what Aaron has to say.
1: Hey, Ryan. This is Aaron. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick thought um, because I've been listening to some podcasts and a lot of people are trying to like assign blame to what's going on with the defense and what's going on with the run defense and sure. everything. And what it makes me feel like is, you know how when, like, two kids are in an argument, right? Because one of their moms, before they got dropped off at kindergarten, said that it was a cloudy sky. And the other kid's mom got dropped before getting dropped off at kindergarten said it's an overcast sky. So they're (laughs) arguing, my mom said it was cloudy. No, my mom said it was overcast. But what they're really arguing about is pretty much the same thing. But we as adults can look at that and see, okay, sure, yes, there's clouds in the sky, right? But what does that mean? It means at some point it's going to rain. How imminent that rain is is dependent on how dark are the clouds, how full are the clouds, what's going on up in the sky, like how what is the pressure around these clouds. Right? So there's so much going on. You can't boil it down to simply saying, it's Joe Barry. It's the players. And I'm, it's just, when ever since this game happened on Thursday night and everyone's just constantly trying to assign blame, you're arguing your point away and getting away from what the root of the issue is, is that there's problems all around. And at some point, if they are not, those aren't fixed, it's going to rain. And it has rained, and it's going to keep raining until we fix those issues and find out what those issues are. And firing Joe Barry might just be a Band-Aid, might just be a quick fix and might not do anything. But in the end, it just comes down to acknowledging the problem and doing something about it. Uh, I'm not the guy to say what should be done about that, because I don't know. Um, And, yeah. So, to me, all this argument of blaming just sounds like children arguing about the exact same thing, about what
0: the national
1: media said, or what I thought I saw, or what my opinion is, or what I was told to say or believe. And it's getting ridiculous at this point. Just, let's just see the, let's just be fans, and not just a throw blame because Joe Barry is bothering you um, or whatever player is bothering you anyways, that's my point bye
4: uh,
2: yeah I, I mean, look it like, like I've said, the, the most, the only real important question that I have for anybody that wants to throw their hat in the ring is what do we do to fix this it's real easy if you think Joe Barry is the central problem, I think most people would acknowledge that Everybody is to blame to at least some degree. Every player on every team in the entire NFL bears some blame for some problems on their team, as does every defensive—the best defensive coordinator in football has made some mistakes here and there. But that's obviously not the question we're asking, right? The the question is, for example, if we fire Joe Barry and replace him with somebody better— Presumably, is, is there somebody else better that can make this this defense better? Now it seems intuitive. Well, if they're better than no, but not necessarily. If Joe Barry's doing a good job and he's calling all the right plays and doing all the right things, then getting somebody that's even more skilled isn't going to fix that. If it's if it's majority player execution issues, and of course you'd have to throw in the coaching and everything else too, right? I mean, it, it's it's that's not the issue. But again, I, I just. I guess I would love to know the, the alternative side of things. I mean, I know the issue is players, but even that doesn't really tell me what I need to know because we do have good players, and we're not going to get rid of everybody. We're not going to get rid of the good players, right? We're not getting rid of our linebackers. We, we've got edge rushers, and we've got corners. We're not getting rid of those and expecting to get better at those positions. So, so what is the solution? We keep Joe Barry and do what? Get a 400-pound defensive tackle? Is that going to fix everything? Do, I mean, do we think a defensive tackle and a couple safeties fix the defense? Maybe. I'm, I'm just asking. Because if the solution is we need better players across the board, there's no way. I, I'm, I'm absolutely never going to buy that. First of all, it's not going to happen. Just finding somebody as good as Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander, having a cornerback duo like Jair and Razul, Rashawn's one of the better pass rushers in the entire NFL. Our, our, our defensive line right now, as far as the pass rushers are concerned, we have the best interior pass rush in football. Kenny Clark ranks 36th in terms of his pressure rate on the interior. He's fourth on our defensive line. Fourth. There's 32 teams. We have nearly four number one pass rushers on our defensive line. Wyatt, Wooden, Brooks, and Kenny. Devondre Campbell is still, when he's healthy, one of the best linebackers in the entire NFL. So what exactly do we do to to get better player, like I I don't know what the solution is, and it's and it's part of like what you said too. It I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. We got to do something about it. But my my only question is, what are we going to do? What should we do? And the only thing I can keep coming back to is, we're going to get rid of Joe Barry because this isn't working, and it, I don't think it's going to work. Is that going to fix things? I don't know. But I'm 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 genuinely curious. Like if if, if we can identify the players are just not good at. Playing, I mean, I can't even say that because they are. We can't get these players to consistently play correctly enough that they consistently are a good defense, not just through four quarters, but through an entire season. Because we can see flashes and we can see individual players. That's how you get these stats. That's how Devondre ends up the number one linebacker and and uh, Jair is a top 10 corner and Rashawn is one of the best pass, like statistically one of the best passers. Like that's how those things happen because independently they are doing these things already, but these things are not coming together as a defense. Somehow they're not coming together as a defense. So it's, it's frustrating from my standpoint because no, I can't say that I know what the problem is, but I can working backwards. I don't know where else to go other than to say, Joe's got to go. And Matt LaFleur needs to wake up and get with the program as far as hiring people. And if he can't do that, then maybe Gutekunst and Murphy need to step in. And then we'll just see how it goes. I don't know what else to say. I mean, obviously, the players can always get better. But I'm not even interested in entertaining the idea of what if we add this piece or that piece until we at least see the pieces we have play up to the potential of the total unit together. The individual pieces are so much stronger than the collective unit right now. It's ridiculous. So once we see everybody at least playing up to their potential, once we see this defense at least putting together something that looks even slightly close to what it should be, I just I'm not interested in even having the conversation.
1: Hey Ryan, uh this is Aaron. I had an epiphany today while I was working. So um, actually, I was listening to the uh, Pack Day podcast, and they were talking about like passing down and running downs, and I figured I figured out what the issue is with the Green Bay Packers we need to get Charles Minor in here so we can figure out what a rundown is. So we can get the right personnel in nice. to stop the rundowns. And, yeah. That's good. That's why Aaron Jones doesn't get the ball enough. That's good. Because <laughs> we don't know what a rundown is.
2: Bye. I, I, uh, that's pretty brilliant, man. I'm not going to lie. And I apologize to the people that were not Office fans. They can't appreciate the joke. Um but, no, that's, that was high-quality, Aaron. I really appreciate that. They don't know what
3: a rundown is. Hey, Ryan. Uh, we're four games into the season, and I just have a few things to share that uh, I didn't think I would be saying after four games uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, number one, that uh, – Number sixty nine Bakhtiari, would be out for the season. I really had I thought
2: we just jumped from number one to number sixty nine there. I was like, wait,
3: where did the other ones go? Hopes that uh our O line after the first game especially would uh hold this thing together and, and give love the time to uh throw the ball. So that's the first one that I didn't think I would be saying. Number two, that the Bears would be Without a win, and yet their fans are still saying that Justin Fields could be the MVP this year. That one I can't wrap my head around. Now they got to win. You you better watch out. Number three, that Lafleur looks more like a coach that could be doing a commercial for Maybelline for men, (laughs) and Coach Campbell could be doing a commercial for uh, Hungry Hungry uh, Meals for men. The two could not be any different. So just disappointed in uh, how the season is going. I know that it's young, and we've said it over and over again to expect ups and downs, but the opportunities were there. I would say the one thing most prominent for me is just missed opportunities. They had missed opportunities in the Atlanta game, and they had missed opportunities in the Detroit game. To at least keep a minute. So I'm hoping this long break before the Raiders game allows them to reflect and get things on track because there are definitely a lot of games ahead that are winnable that could put them back into a position of uh, performing above expectations. So let's just hope that uh, they can figure it out and get everybody healthy. I'm out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I haven't been massively disappointed. We're 2-2 two and two in a season where I think, you know, if most people guess the record prediction at this point. I mean, maybe some people would have us at 4-0. and oh, I would guess at best it would be 3-1. and one, But, um, yeah, I mean, look, they, they shouldn't have... I don't want to say they shouldn't have lost the last two weeks because people take that the wrong way. But, you know, again, you, you can't not show up for an entire half and expect a win. So... They're good enough to win offensively and defensively. We've seen it in spurts, but it's just it's not able to be stitched together for an entire game. I am also worried about the fact that they are traveling to Vegas. I've mentioned this several times. I don't think the Packers do well on breaks. This is basically a long break. They're also going to a like the party central of the freaking world. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see how the maturity uh plays itself out and if the guys can control themselves i heard matt lafleur on the press conference say Looks and if you want to go back out there on a tuesday and party it up i don't freaking care but you know you're on a business trip and uh, you're not allowed to be in casinos while we're out there together and all this stuff so you know be smart we'll see i don't know how that's all going to pan out but um they should win the game i mean it shouldn't even really be all that close but you know I mean, the, the team has been heading in the wrong direction pretty much since week one. I mean, week one was the best game. Second best game was week two. Probably the third best game was week three, arguably, and then week four. So we're, we're uh, you know, maybe maybe switch three and four, but, um, you know, the offensive line is going backwards. <clears throat> I think uh, Jordan Love statistically has gone backwards. I mean, he started with three touchdowns and no picks in the first two games, and Then he had like a touchdown and a pick, and then it was a touchdown and two picks. Um, You know, the run game has, has certainly not improved, especially with Aaron Jones gone. But even with him back, it didn't get any better. So obviously our best game there was week one. That's gone backwards ever since. The defense has gone backwards ever since week one. So the team got off to a great start and is seemingly just spiraling. And uh, I don't necessarily know why, but they need to figure it out and start doing a lot better but uh anyways, we don't have a ton of other calls. we've got six more calls, so I figure three and then break and then three. So why don't we take our first break right here? We'll come back and see what Kyle from Madison has to say. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people so u s cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones. about seeing what you could potentially get right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arena com slash pack Wow. That's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arena com slash pack for 10% off your first purchase.
0: Brian Kyle from Madison. How yo, are yo. you? Good. So just, does- Passing through the Grand Teton Pass here on my road trip, about 6,900 feet up. You'd think I'd have good reception. We'll see how it holds up. (laughs) On the way to uh, Yellowstone Park.
2: Cool. Never been there.
0: I just want to give you a call. I'm kind of wondering about this game coming up. I know we've talked about, uh, you know, this is a a season of, of gathering information and whatnot. But I think the first goal is to obviously try to perform as good as possible for our record this year if we can. Yeah. And to me, you know, staying at or above five hundred this game this season is probably that'd be helpful I think for morale and for right. players' confidence. I'm just looking at the calendar. If they were to drop this game Monday and they go into buy, uh, you know, they're gonna come out of that without a victory in about a month. Yeah. And uh I don't know, that's a long time in between uh in between wins or potential wins um since that Saints game. So just wondering what your thoughts were on the importance of this game going into bye and you know what that would look like if we did drop the game. And conversely, you know, if we win it, I don't know, how does that change the picture for us? Just get your thoughts on that, buddy. Have
2: a good one. Yeah, I mean, it is relatively important for for that reason, number one. Uh, For morale, you know, you don't want to go into a big, long break with a loss. You're also above 500 if you win. You're below it if you lose. Um, Just one game ahead of the Bears and the Vikings as opposed to two games ahead, nipping at the heels of the Detroit Lions if you win the game. Um, There's also just the negative aspect of if you lose to this Raiders team, which is arguably one of the worst teams in football, how many wins can you actually reasonably expect the rest of the season? Right? I mean, if you win this game, you know, I'll, uh, we're still kind of in that teetering phase, right? If you win this game, it's like, all right, now you can reasonably expect, you know, nine wins, ten wins. I mean, if you, if you really pick things up, you can kind of go above that. Um, if you lose this game you're kind of hoping you can get 5 wins out of this season honestly because there's not going to be that many and the way the bears are playing there's no real reason to expect to win that game at the end of the season um so i mean this i don't want to say it has to be a win but you know for morale and for everything else you, you got to prove it to yourselves you know you you got to galvanize here you got to put something together because there's just no excuse i mean again especially especially for the defense you know, um, this is one of the worst offenses in football. There is no freaking excuse. I know Devontae's there, but Devontae has been there all season, and it is one of the worst defenses in football. And they can't run the ball. They cannot run. So this, this is this is the perfect tailor-made offense for our defense. You don't really have to worry about them running the ball. Or at least not well. So if you can't stop this, you just freaking suck. And 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 you're hopefully going to have opportunities to tee off as pass rushers, which is all you want to do anyways. So do it. So tee off and get to the quarterback really effectively because that's what you've built for. That's why we have so many picks. We got, what, three first-round picks just on the defensive line with Kenny and Wyatt and Rashawn and, and Lucas Van Ness. We have four, actually. Just on the defensive line. That doesn't include Quay or Jair or anything or, you know, Savage. Um, So there's no freaking excuse. And as for the offense, I mean, you know, again, you you expect some bumps. But for crying out loud, the offensive line, there's no excuse for doing anything even remotely close. You need to bounce back 100%. You need to be back to being one of the best. I understand they got one good guy. And yes, he's going to get his... Fine. He gets a pressure, he gets two pressures, he gets a sack, whatever. But there's no excuse for the amount of pressures that Jordan saw last week. None. Um, and, you know, we, we need to be able to run the ball. That has to be a thing now. We need to be able to do that. And Aaron Jones needs to be running the ball. That has to be a thing. And we need to get Christian involved. And we got to get Musgrave involved. You know, I mean at some point the excuses got to stop. You have to block. We have to run. We have to run with Aaron Jones. Jordan, you got to complete passes to wide open guys down the field. Like these are things we got to start doing now. Period, because I mean there's no reason if we could just do those things. If we could just be baseline, like just not sucking, shooting ourselves in the foot, making all the stupid mistakes that we shouldn't be making. There's really no reason we shouldn't be 4 and 0 right now. But are they going to do that? Can we come out of this actually putting our best foot forward or not? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But, you know, again, this this is a valuation year. Um, ideally, yeah. I mean, we we come out of this with nine wins, ten wins, uh, you know, above 500, maybe taking a swing at a playoff berth in, in Jordan's first year would be great. Um, but at the same time, I mean, anything that goes wrong, I'm happily sitting down. I'm like... Uh, Ryan from the office, that meme where he's like taking notes, you know, sorry, dude. You know, <laughs> you don't want to step up. Cool. We'll find somebody else, I guess, you know, um, that's just, it's just the way it goes. We we got to figure out how we can get back into a Super Bowl in the next five years or so. And if you're not a part of that solution, then you're just kind of in the way.
3: Hey, I have an idea for, uh, your idea regarding, uh, Maybe a special Bears horror film mm. movie I intro. I about that. Uh, one thing's for sure, use the Jaws intro music and show Justin Fields getting ready to throw the ball. And then at the very last second, when the dramatic music hits its uh, breaking point, show Clay Walker intercepting the ball <laughs> out of the air. Okay. Another one would be anything having to do with Justin Fields getting ready to throw the ball and then cut off to... Uh, a woman screaming in a horror movie that's just seen like from scream, the yeah. worst thing that she's not ever seen. Scream, uh, whatever that's what it's called. Bates Watching the Bears movie. is the worst thing I've ever seen. So, I'm out.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, hey, Justin Fields is making his case for staying in Chicago. I still am I'm dying to know how that drama's going to play out. I mean, we'll see. Maybe, Maybe Justin's going to play like garbage the rest of the season, but I mean, if he does continue to play like this, and they get the number one pick, are they seriously going to pass and I, I just saw, and, and I know these draft prospects are overhyped every single year. You know they, they want to, you know, they, you want to get clicks and everything else, but they're saying like this is maybe the best quarterback to come out in decades, maybe even ahead of like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. That's that's insane. I mean, they said similar things about Trevor, but it was like the best since Luck. To say that somebody's potentially better than that, which, by the way, like I don't even know where we go back to. Like I know the the last great quarterback was Andrew Luck. And before that, it was Peyton. I mean, in terms of like the elite of the elite of the elite, um, who would be before that? I don't even know. Are you really, honestly, truly going to take that number one pick and either trade it or use it on like a wide receiver? That would be freaking crazy. Because if that dude ends up being like Pat Mahomes, but better, I don't care how much Justin Fields is able to actually complete passes, which by the way, I mean, the more I see highlights from that game, he really did not do a very good job. And by the way, he got like a 68 passing grade via a PFF. <laughs> I saw Khalil Herbert like busted his ankle trying to catch one of his passes that was buried in the dirt. Every single, aside from the one touchdown pass to DJ Moore, which was a pretty good pass, every single pass, first of all, two of those passes to DJ Moore, DJ Moore massively pushed off, and I don't know how they didn't get penalized for that, but second of all, every single one of those was late, and probably two of those should have been picked off if the DB had either not been pushed off of or had just been on the freaking ball, but whatever. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I almost want them to have the first pick now just because it's going to be mass chaos either way. If they pass on Caleb Williams for Justin Fields, I'm going to laugh I, 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 it's going to be freaking unbelievable. But then if they dump Justin Fields after all this hype about he's the guy and everything and they end up getting rid of him, I mean, they'll probably move on to Caleb's, like, the truth, he's the future, blah, 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 but it's going to be pretty funny to watch them hype him up just, just for them to trade him away. I don't know. It's the drama.
3: Hey, Ryan, I kind of feel compelled to, uh, time in on this O-line issues a little bit more, uh, just coming from a little bit of experience and facts first. Um, My son played basketball against Royce Newman in high school, and he was really, really good playing basketball in the blocks, taking up a lot of room, obviously, because he was a big body. But in football, he was not an offensive lineman for four years when he played in Nashville. He was a tight end. He did not get moved to offensive line until he went to Ole Miss.
2: I think that's fairly good. Now, common. I don't
3: know if he even redshirted his first year. and I think
2: uh, TJ Watt was the same. I think he was like a tight end, and then he went to Wisconsin, and they moved him to pass rusher. One of the Watts, that was the case. I think it was TJ was a tight end, and
3: then they switched him. If he did, this guy only had maybe two and a half, three years of learning how to be an offensive lineman. Um, and I feel like you know his first year success, um if memory serves me correct, it was Stinovich that was his coach. Um since then it has been Butkus. And I'm not saying that it's all coaching, but I had mentioned before in another call that I think the really the scrutiny needs to start with Butkus yeah. rather than the O line because the O line has proven that these guys can, you know, perform at a high level.
2: Well, and, and I think that that's fair. I mean, I, I don't know how people can scrutinize Joe Barry for the failures of the defense. But then when it comes to the offensive line, say all these five guys just suddenly suck and it's their fault. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe, maybe all five just forgot how to play all of a sudden. Or maybe there's some external factors at play, maybe. I don't know.
3: Um, and we, I feel like we're just, you know, beating a dead horse too much here. but. These guys have been playing injured quite often since, basically since the beginning of the season. Um, this last game, you know, Runyon played through a sprained ankle. Uh, Tom had his worst game, but he was playing with a need that he injured the game before. So I think we really do need to stop clamoring and calling for replacing guys when I agree with you that this was just one game that needs to be thrown out. Um, but I'm hoping that whatever it is when it comes to Detroit just having our number and being out physical, these guys have, have, you know, got enough tape on them and what they're doing to us that I hope that they can solve it. Because if you look ahead to the next game, Crosby is a better PFF scorer well, than close. even Aiden Hud- Hutchison. Yeah. So,
2: Hayden Hutchinson is good, not great. Max Crosby is one of the best pass rushers in football.
3: We're even facing a better defensive end than what we did last week. Yeah. So I hope that they have figured out what is going on and that these guys are healthy. But when it comes to it, we, we just need to be patient, like I said, and just wait this out. Hopefully we get healthy and bounce back. I'm out.
2: Yeah, and, and- – You know, if if these problems do persist, I I am going to start having no choice but to look at the coaching staff. You know, everyone else is going to be looking at the players. But again, the players, like you said, have demonstrated their ability. I, I, you know, like I said, maybe they all forgot how to play. Maybe Josh Myers, even though he's been in the center, this isn't his rookie year. He's been the center for a while. Maybe it was Aaron Rodgers calling everything out before, and now they got Josh doing it, and he can't do it, and so now all the the protections are messed up, and that's what everybody's getting jacked up about. I don't know. Maybe. And if that's the case, then then yeah, it's a, it's a Josh Myers issue. And not even necessarily his play, but just his inability to understand protections, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I don't. But I just have a hard time with forgetting everything that we've learned over the years and pretending that what we're seeing now is what we've always seen because that's not the case. You know what I mean? So I I, I don't I can't just do that. It, the question isn't just are they playing good enough right now? No. Okay, then they're the problem. Get rid of them. The question for me is what the heck went wrong? What what went wrong? Why is this just now happening? And for everybody, I mean, sometimes guys just don't play well anymore. Sometimes it was kind of fluky or whatever. You know. Kenny started off real hot and fell off, which, you know, again, could be a Joe Barry thing, but I think even before him, like he he kind of sp- peaked and then fell off. Maybe it was Mike Daniels next to him, I don't know. Sometimes that happens, but it doesn't happen across five offensive linemen at the exact same time. And to go from one of the best to one of the worst like that, that doesn't just happen. That doesn't make any rational sense. So, you know, we, we need more information. Let's see what happens. I'm going to expect better performances moving forward, and if that doesn't happen, then something is going on, but I don't know what it is. And and I just I can't accept the overly simplistic answer of, well, they're all just bad. Well, okay, yeah, maybe, I guess, but we're going to be throwing more offensive linemen into this issue, and I'm going to have no real hope that it's going to fix anything. I can tell you that. Uh, all right, let's take our final break. We got Jim and Nate after the break.
3: Hey, Ryan, this is Jim from Arkansas calling. Howdy. And um sitting here watching, getting ready for uh, the Bears game. Hopefully they uh, get destroyed today. But no. wh- anyways, you know, what I was thinking about, of course, is uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Of course. Right? I, I just can't get it off my mind. Right. And right. I, just, I don't know if you remember this or not, but do you remember Tony Romo he used to date Jessica Simpson? And once don't. in a while, they would show that on TV too. Did they? So I mean, there was that. Wow. So I mean, obviously,
2: it's a big deal. Yeah. Right. Because it's crazy. You know, I forgot Jessica Simpson was a
3: thing. Forgot about so yeah, her. what uh, happened to her. Anyways, I, I just wasn't sure if you remembered that. I do not, and thought you might enjoy it. All right. Uh, go up. Go. Jessica
2: Simpson. What is she doing these days? I found a very not flattering photo of her. So either, I don't know. I'll just, I'll, I'll leave that alone. People get mad at me when I start saying stuff. Whatever, we all get older. It's fine. Just because she's rich doesn't mean she can't get old. Let's see, September 2018, Pregnant with Third Child. 2020, Memoir, Open Book. Let's see, she was married to uh, Nicholas Shea, Relationship with John Mayer. That's about it. She wrote a book in 2020 is the last thing that uh, happened. But yeah, they dated in 2007. Cowboys fans consider the relationship controversial as some blame uh, Simpson for Romo's poor performance in games after the pair got together. Seems to be a common theme. Some fans dubbed Simpson Yoko Romo (laughs) in reference to Yoko Ono, to whom many fans uh, blame for the Beatles disbanding. Even then-President George Bush commented on the pair's relationship, blaming Simpson implicitly for Romo's lackluster performance. Oh, they ended it in two thousand nine. That's adorable. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, super important stuff. I I would be shocked if this thing goes two years. I really would. That's that's assuming they're even dating, which I'm guessing they are. But I, why why are we talking about this? Uh, Nate,
4: what's going on? God, it is amazing how quickly Bears fans can go back to delusional. Yes, I just I just talked to a guy on Twitter, and I just I just had to have uh, you weigh in on this. So. He asked me for fifteen um, guys who he, I think are better than DJ Moore 15. right wow. now. So like not a not a hard task. So I give him a list, and here's the ones that he disagrees with that aren't aren't better than DJ Moore. Just keep it in mind too. He thinks DJ Moore is better than all of these guys. Amon Ross, St. Brown, wrong. Garrett Wilson, wrong. Chris Olave, wrong. Jalen Waddle, wrong. DK Metcalf, D. wrong. Debo Samuel, wrong. Terry McLaurin.
2: Maybe McLaurin. Maybe I don't know, but yeah they they've been so delusional about that guy for a long time. It's crazy,
4: you think that d j Moore is better than all of those guys no. just uh just to let you know where dude it, it
2: he's he's so well it, it's not even worth that. everybody listening fully understands, but to say that he's better than Garrett Wilson is so unbelievably stupid I mean Garrett,
4: whatever their fans are at let me know what you think go go.
2: That's that's so dumb. I mean, look, Chris Olave is new, so maybe you don't realize how good he is, but the guy is phenomenal. Um, Garrett Wilson, you're an idiot. Jalen Waddell, I mean, maybe because he's kind of in the shadow. He's like the number two in Miami, so you don't really think about him as being as good. DK Metcalf isn't a name you've heard in a long time. Same with Debo. Like, Debo used to be a big deal, and now it's kind of like not as much of a thing um and mclaurin is not as much of a known commodity i guess so you could chalk up some of this but at the same time if you're gonna definitively say dj Moore is better you have to know who they are and what they're doing and accomplishing it's such an insane thing i I, who who did you put on the list that he agreed with i mean like tyreek hill justin jefferson like is that it I'm guessing you put Devonte in there, so he probably would have agreed with that. So so he, he must think he's a top-five receiver because we're already in Garrett Wilson territory. Look, I mean, he, he had an unbelievable game. There's no doubt about it. It was a great game. Great game where he was left wide open and guys couldn't tackle him. That's awesome. He should be proud of that, and everybody should be really happy about it. But look, I mean, we've all watched football for the most part. Anybody listening, I'm guessing, has watched football for a long time. You know... When you see special wide receivers do special things, you can call me a hater if you want, but what have you seen DJ Moore do that's special? I've seen Garrett Wilson do special things. We've seen Debo Samuel do special things. We've seen Chris Olave do special things. How many special things did DJ Moore do yesterday? I, I, maybe I missed one. The 50-50 ball was nice, but every wide receiver in, in the history of football has done that. Just throwing a ball up in the back corner of the end zone and you jump up and catch it like whoopty-frickin-do. From from what I can tell, he ran in a straight line after catching footballs. He did make a couple guys miss; should have been caught. And some of the time they were trying to jump the ball, which is why he ended up so wide open. I guess Washington doesn't employ safeties, so if the corner tries to jump the route, which you probably shouldn't do if you don't have safeties anywhere on the field, which apparently is how they play football, then you sh- you know you shouldn't be jumping routes and whatnot. But yeah, they tried to jump, and then they missed the ball, and then he caught it and turned around and ran. That's great and all, but I'm, I'm not seeing a whole lot of. You know, diving one hand, two you know, getting two toes down, spinning behind the, the the back catches, elite route running type stuff, you know, Devontae Adams just breaking ankles off the line. I mean, maybe he's doing these things. I don't know. I'm not saying he's bad, but to put him in like that category of like, dude, that guy's a freak. I, I mean I've said that about a lot of guys. I've never said it about DJ Moore. And we've had a lot of highlights thrown in our faces. I haven't really been super impressed with any of them. And again, he's good. There's nothing wrong with him but there's just such a wide gap between him and what I've seen him do and a guy like Garrett Wilson, or even some of the stuff Chris Olave's doing out there, the things we've seen DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel do. I mean, come on, man. Just being dumb.
4: Hey, Ryan, it's Nate again. Um, just to add on to my, uh, my thing before, not sure. only do I think DJ Moore is not better than all those wide receivers, right. I specifically left Packers receivers off of that list um, only because I knew that like Bear Sanders was gonna say like right. no, he's he's better than anybody in your team. But I made a bold take and I said, I'm actually pretty sure that two of our wide receivers are better than DJ Moore. I would I mean if you're asking me, if you're like DJ Moore could magically come over to this Packers roster, fully healthy. Picture the Packers roster fully healthy. Who who do you want to replace um with DJ Moore? On, on this roster, do you want to drop Christian Watson? No, do you want to drop Romeo Dobbs?
2: No,
4: I wouldn't I personally. I,
2: I mean, I, I would guess most people would say yes to Romeo Dobbs, but as it stands right now, I mean, well, first of all, I mean, you got to understand situationally, love and Romeo have a, have a bond that, that is not there with DJ Moore, but also, Romeo Dobbs is one of the higher graded wide receivers in football right now, so he's, he's doing a phenomenal job. And you can say you don't like PFF all you want, but, I mean, you've got to show me some objective standard here that would say that. And, and as far as Jaden Reed, I don't have any problem saying that DJ Moore is a better receiver than Reed right now, but let's be very specific. He's a slot guy, and I don't want DJ Moore as a strictly slot guy. I'd rather have Jaden Reed. And I'm not getting rid of Christian Watson because there's our number one, and I do think he's better, and he's also our speed threat, which we need. So in our specific situation... It really comes down to D.J. Moore or Romeo Dobbs, and I would probably take Dobbs at this point. But And again, I'm not trying to disparage D.J. Moore. I think D.J. Moore is very good. I think it would be fantastic to have D.J. Moore along with Christian Watson. And it's entirely possible that D.J. Moore ends up the better receiver by the end of the year. But, I mean, it's, it's certainly not by a wide margin at
4: this point in time. Wouldn't the way that they've been playing? So, I, in my opinion, he'd be wide receiver three here. And I had also said possibly three wide receivers better than the Bears number one because, you know, give Jaden Reed till the end of the season. Like, what is he going to look like? He's already shown some flashes. You know, give him some more reps. And I don't think it's actually that crazy to think that we might have three wide receivers who are better than D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore is a button tier number one to begin with. So, like, you know, it's not that crazy. But... I don't know. DJ Moore had like this one good game where he had a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns against the Commanders. Like, why are you why are Bears fans impressed by that? Yeah. I don't I don't understand. Like, that's a that's one of the worst teams in the league. Consider
2: I mean, look, he had a good game. I mean, there's no. I mean, it's one of those things. Even with Justin Fields, where you look at the amount of yards, whatever it was, and four touchdowns, especially in back-to-back games. I mean, it. it even if you look at it and say, you're just staring down DJ Moore. You got to give some level of props for that. And and same with DJ Moore, 230 yards and three touchdowns is an unbelievably rare stat line. I saw somebody else had posted that Justin Jefferson had never done that. Either of those two things. He's never had 230 yards and he's never had three touchdowns in a game, which I had to go check for myself because I'm like, that seems impossible. Sure enough, it's true. He has never hit 230 yards. He has never had three touchdowns in a game, even independently. So um, he definitely deserves some, credit for that and his PFF grade is through the roof and it's probably going to make him a top receiver. I mean, he's going to have to have some bad games um, for the rest of the year in order for him to not be one of the top guys. But yeah, DJ Moore's just gone off the last two weeks. That's the bottom line. And uh, it's it's paid dividends for the Chicago Bears. Um, he's got, what, 361 yards and four touchdowns the last two games. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, he's 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 having a great... Uh, he's having a great year. Uh, he's, he's off to a better start than he has with Carolina at any point. So I, I don't want to completely cut it down or, or diminish it. I mean, he's, he's a good receiver. He's having a, he's having a good year. He's having a heck of a, a last two games. Uh, we'll see where things end up. We'll see how much this continues. It was a bad couple of teams, no doubt, but, um, Still, I don't care how bad you are. 230 and three touchdowns is, is really rare, and, and I do think a lot of that is on Washington. But it just feels petty for me to come in and say it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm willing to just step back and say, great game for DJ, great game for Fields. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical about the future based on what I saw, but still, you, you got to give credit for being able to do that in just about any circumstance.
4: Definitely. You shouldn't you shouldn't be impressed by beating them. That would be like a team beating well, that would be like the team a team beating the Bears. Like when you know, when we beat the Bears. Like I it wasn't it was exciting, not that impressive. You know, it's it's a bottom team. You're supposed to beat those teams. So, you know, good good Bears win. Yeah, good for you guys. You you probably screwed yourself out of the first overall pick. Um, yeah, they got you know, the Panthers you, pick. You got to pick a lane. Either you're going to win a lot of games and go to the playoffs, or you're going to try to shoot for that first pick. You know, you, you can't have both. Pick a lane. Go back out.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I mean, how they started the last two games is actually quite impressive. I mean, I don't know what Washington's defense was ranked um, prior to that game, but um, – you know, starting off, when you're one of the worst offenses we've seen in a long time and you start off getting almost 30 points in the first half two weeks in a row, I don't care how bad a defense is. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. Um, so, I mean, I, I think the Bears have started changing the way that they're playing. Or, or better yet, I think defenses need to change the way they're playing the Bears. I think for years it's been forced fields to throw from the pocket, and now he's doing that successfully. And I think for the future it's going to be take away D.J. Moore, because what did he have, like 50 yards, not D.J. Moore. So uh, we'll see. I mean, defenses have to adapt to this, and we'll see how that uh, continues. Who knows? Stuff changes. We'll see what the Packers are. That's going to be the most important question. But that's it for me. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.